are listening to Spirits, Oddities, and Mysteries. Because no good podcast starts with a salad. Hello, lover. Hello, darling. Welcome back to yet another fantastically exciting episode that we have planned for you. Welcome, everyone. Let's go ahead and uh, start this off with the beverage of choice for the evening. This one is a little bit special to me because this bottle of whiskey was given to me as a gift by my sales team. Not a King Rye by the Journeyman Distillery. The back reads, George Washington, unlike many in positions of leadership, was not motivated by power. After the War of Independence, many suggested he become America's first king. Washington rejected the notion of self-aggrandizement and instead fought for the sake of American Republic. Washington would become the father of the nation, not a king. I thought that was pretty cool. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, it's very good. Smooth. Oh, yeah. That, that mm-hmm. is a damn good whiskey. We waited to try it until the episode began. So that was our first sip. You won't notice the delay in us enjoying the flavor, <laughs> but uh, it was there. I will delete it. <laughs> So I do have a little bit of a pre-topic. I just happened to see it while I was waiting for you to get situated. Thought it was pretty exciting. Uh, They have the world's first prosthetic tattoo gun arm. I I was like, what? I already shared the story on our group. So if you guys follow us on Facebook, you're already going to see it. But that was so cool. It's like one step closer to man becoming cyborg and that our prosthetics are not just you know, replacing something that we were already capable of doing, but but actually making it better. You know, giving somebody a leg so they can walk after they've lost their leg is one thing, but giving them a leg that actually makes them walk significantly faster, we, we will eventually reach a point where you'll actually have to question, should I keep, keep my, my real or limbs or replace or them with a prosthetic that gives me advancements? I don't know. I've seen the, a lot of robot movies and cyborg movies, and it never goes good. I think it's going to happen, though. I mean, I think in our lifetime, we will witness, if it hasn't happened already, and I'm sure that it has to some extent, but I think we'll witness our first removal of a functioning limb for an upgrade. And that will be... Interesting. Oh, quite. What do you all think? Do you, do you think that we're going to see that in our lifetime, or do you think that's hundreds of years in the future? Let us know in the uh, Facebook group. I personally think we'll probably see it. I also have a pre-topic. It's a quick one. You said you had a long topic, too, right? No. Well... Oh, okay. Well, you make short topics, long topics. Exactly. (laughs) What's your pre-topic? I was just going to mention our music box that started playing in the middle of the night. Yes, I can't believe we did not bring that up last episode. This one's all you because I woke up at the tail end of it. Oh, it was... By you poking uh, me saying, wake up, wake up, wake up. (laughs) He wouldn't wake up. It was the most horrendous thing the interesting thing it did actually come into my dream but i'll tell you guys that when when she finishes her story well i was dead asleep and awakened by what i thought was possibly a friend of ours who had spent the night i figured it was his cell phone alarm or something going off because it was 
about five minutes to 6 a.m. And while I awoke, it became much more clear that it was my music box that I keep on our bookshelf. I personally love the theme song to A Love Story. It was a creepy, creepy sound to wake up to in the dead of night. I shook and shook Brandon and he just did not wake up. I'm like, wake up, wake up. I'm going to be dead in a minute. I'm pretty sure something is going to like evilly climb into so, her. No, she was actually awake listening to this and I do believe her. I wish I was a better witness to this event because I woke up to maybe the tail end of the last couple notes playing. But I will say that the sound actually went into my dream. I was dreaming of that being played. I can't remember exactly what the dream was now, but at the time when I woke up, I was like, no, 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 <laughs> that definitely played in my dream. And I remember it, like, it made sense in my dream why the noise was there, but apparently it was happening in real life as well. It so. was, terrifyingly enough. It was. Uh, it was, nope, didn't like it. Yeah. Nope. So Hello. add that to our, no, our bell going no. off in the middle of the night yes. and the uh, the other things that are happening. It's, it's interesting. Creepy, but I guess interesting too. Well, I guess since we both have, well, you have a lengthy topic and because this is our last episode before Christmas, I decided to touch on strange Christmas traditions. Ooh. Ooh. What did you find? Well, I was going to go with Krumpus at first. Oh, I do know about Krumpus. But I thought seen the movie. that everybody's seen the movie <laughs> and it's kind of overplayed by this point. So I'm going to skip him. Fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, if you know anything about him, seriously, I really do not want to be dragged to the depths of hell by any kind of evil creature. So instead, in my search of strange customs, I found the Yule Lads from Iceland. The Yule Lads? The Yule Lads. I like the name a lot. Yeah, they're just these little lads, you know, being... Lads as in young children? No, they're definitely like old, creepy looking gnome things. All right. Not what I expected. Carry on. (laughs) I, I can't wait to hear more. So there's 13 of them and they come in the last 13 days leading up to Christmas. It's like Hanukkah. Kind of. It's like... Christmas and Hanukkah all wrapped into a horrifying little bubble. <laughs> well, they come to town. They do bring gifts to good children. They they leave them little gifts in their shoes. And the bad children, they'll get potatoes in their shoes. Oh, I think I have heard this. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, uh, all 13 of them, they each come... Hey, if life gives you potatoes, make some damn french fries, would you? <laughs> there you go. I Stinky, like that. Stinky shoe-filled french fries <laughs> shoe funk fries <laughs> but so they come one a day and each one stays for 13 days so the first one comes on december 12th and he leaves on the 25th on the 13th the... day of christmas brings one little creepy lad yes i like that song <laughs> so each one of them has their own mischievous quirk the first one it's like comes... an elf on the shelf was a demon yeah, and there was 13 of him that all did creepy I little... I think there are by now. They keep adding new ones they and girl do. ones There's and guy girls, ones. And, yeah. <laughs> and depending on who the parents are, not that they're involved with the elf on the shelf at all, because clearly he moves on his own, 
But weirdly enough, depending on the household, he gets into some really, really bad mischief. For real. Yeah, he actually, you He's know. He's doing cocaine, lighting Barbies on fire. I was going to say. <laughs> little sadomasochism in there. <laughs> I've seen some interesting elves. We'll have to uh, post your favorite uh, elf on the shelf pictures, either that oh, you've taken or have found fantastic. on our Facebook group. Because I've seen quite a few. I always love them. It's up there with Epstein didn't kill himself in terms of favorite memes. So please do share. <laughs> Well, the first one that I'm going to cover is the Sheep Coat Clod, and he comes on the 12th of December. He runs around your farm, and he... What if you don't own a farm? Well, I mean, everybody does in this time in Iceland. Awesome! <laughs> They're all farm owners. They all had some land, but his his main job is to harass the sheep on your land, but he's not really, really good at it because he has stiff peg legs that he's running around on. He's like, okay. <laughs> Who the heck comes up? I believe this is real. I don't believe anybody came up with this. This has to be real. Hey, you know what? It's based on ancient folklore, so it's got to stem from somewhere. Gilly Glock? I like Gilly Glock. Hey, you know what? He's not too bad. He actually just hides and waits to sneak into the cow sheds to steal their milk. Cool. All so right. He's a thirsty little it's fuck. Not bad. Stubby, who comes uh, on the floor. Good old Stubby. <laughs> he. What, peg leg is not Stubby? No. <laughs> different he, guy? Yeah. Totally different guy. Stubby, he's abnormally short. All right. That makes sense. I can uh, understand. I can follow the Stubby. Okay. All right. Well, he steals your pans, your pots and pans, and he eats any crusts and stuff that's left on them. That's actually, well, does he give them back? No. How do you know he ate the crust? Well, he just, because that's because he's hungry. I don't know. It's just his job. Pans went missing. They blamed a little short, stubby elf guy, and then they assumed (laughs) he ate the shit off the pans. Well. Oh, I know. It's to keep your pans clean, because if there's no crust on them, he won't steal them. He won't steal them then. Your dad would never have a stolen pan. Never. He also would not have any problem with the spoon licker who comes on December 15th. He steals and licks wooden spoons. However, he is extremely thin and sickly because he's malnourished because he only gets to lick off what's on wooden spoons. Yeah, I can <laughs> yeah. imagine. Poor guy. Yeah. Um, and then he should hang out with Stubby. They could share the leftover crusties. Pot scraper comes on the 16th. He steals the leftovers. Pot scraper is different than Stubby who steals pots and he eats the crust? He steals them and eats the crust. I, and I feel like the way they're saying the crust, maybe he steals bread pans and eats the crust off of them. That would make more sense. But yeah, but, maybe they used, I mean, they did make like but, cornbread and stuff in cast iron skillets, yeah. which are pans, I guess. I don't know. I'd call it a skillet. Well, pot scraper <laughs> on the 16th, he steals the leftovers from the pots. So maybe like... Oh, no, no, that's different. The Either leftovers. one, yeah. yeah. Well, if you take all the food out of it and there's just crusties left, little good old stubby takes them. <laughs> and if you leave food in the pan... Then the pot scraper the comes. The pot scraper comes all along. Right, and, all right, all right. We're, we're but he does, does he take the pan? And no, it just says steals the leftovers. Right. So then you wake up, there's no leftovers. Instead of blaming your husband for waking up in the middle of the night and having a 3 a.m. stag, it's like, no, that was the pot liquor. That's pot scraper. Good little, old pot, pot scraper. That little asshole. Ah, fuck him. Now, by the 17th of December, you have good old bowl liquor. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, this guy, he hides underneath your bed. And when you bring food with you to bed... 
when you're done with it and you set it down on the floor, he actually steals your dishes that you put down there yeah. and licks, licks, the bowls. licks them, but he, he steals them. We Oh, he does steal yeah. them. I was going to say, we have a little bowl licker. It's uh, Duff when he wakes up in the middle of the night and drinks out of your cup or <laughs> on the floor. Oh, that was horrible. Yeah, she did out. this for, I think we might have already told you guys about this, but for years, she would she brings water to bed and she'd put it on the floor next to the bed and Duff wakes up our, our beagle in the middle of the night, very Ugh. thirsty. And I caught him drinking out of the cup. And then it dawned on us that he was doing that on the regular. Yep. She'd wake up and chug the rest of her water. Dog slobber water every night. Oh, mm. good stuff. Ah, so healthy. <laughs> now he wakes me up and I take him out to get a, gl- a drink of water in the middle of the night. Yeah, I would just bring more water to bed. Fair enough. <laughs> Duff your bowl liquor from now on. Apparently. <laughs> dum dum bolt liquor. Now, uh, by the 18th, we have Door Slammer. And Door Slammer does exactly what his name says. And he runs around the house, especially at nighttime, slamming doors to wake people up. So this was the children's excuse for slamming doors in the middle of the <laughs> No, no, no. That was the elf of the door slammer dude yeah, totally. guy. Door Slammer. <laughs> Obviously. On the 19th, we get, I think it's Skrr. Gobbler. Skrr is kind of like a, a yogurt. Okay. And he goes around and he, he gobbles up everybody's yogurt, basically. What a little dick. Yeah. So if you're looking for your yogurt, it's gone. There's a very specific niche each I one know. of these little guys has. <laughs> it's so strange to me. So then on the 20th of December, probably my favorite of these guys, we get Sausage Swiper. This could, yeah. <laughs> So he he hides in the rafters while you're smoking your sausages and he steals them and eats them and you're you find that there's a bunch of it missing. All right. And uh, why is he your favorite? I mean, I live to eat, so like I totally You should <laughs> hate this little guy. No, but like if I were any of these, if I could oh, relate yeah. to any of these like smoked I'd rather eat like fresh smoked sausage than leftover crust. Right. Or- <laughs> Like, I totally get this guy. Totally. Leftovers before refrigeration was invented. (laughs) However, the next one I cannot relate to. And I think he's a little creep ass. On the 21st of December. 20 what? 21st. Yes. uh, We get the window peeper. Oh, 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 I can relate to this guy. I'm just kidding. Creep ass. (laughs) (laughs) He peeks in your windows and searches for things to steal. I mean, this isn't that different than our American Santa. He knows when you've been bad. I mean, yeah, except for this guy's actually trying to rob you. Wait, how's that? Like, he knows when you're asleep. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been bad, bad or good, good, so be good, good for goodness, goodness sake. sake. Oh. So, wait, he steals your shit, too? I missed that yeah. part because I was referencing Santa. Yeah, he's not Santa. He's looking in your windows. Try- hide your kids, hide your wife. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then we got this weirdo following him up on the 22nd his name is the doorway sniffer all right <laughs> he stands in the door so it's java with his abnormally large nose and he smells for bread because he wants to, to does eat he bread. eat the bread uh, he uses his nose to locate the bread to eat it yes all right but why don't they call him bread eater where'd they come up with doorway sniffer i mean come he, on his big nose he stands in the doorways and do they actually see these guys? I mean, I thought they would just be missing bread and blame it on this dude, but they uh, came up with a whole story about his giant nose and sniffly. I mean, and then we got like peg legs, remember? Wouldn't they all have sniffly sh- noses if they can find your bowls of leftover food? I don't know. I'm confused. I mean, 
I, I will. Sh- I'll share pictures of what they supposedly look like. Oh, we have pictures. Oh, yeah, we put have that pictures. in our Facebook page for Definitely. sure. Um, so the twenty third. Now we have Meat Hook. And good old Meat Hook. Good old Meat Hook. He, you know, goes around with a meat hook and hooking meat steals your meat. <laughs> I, I feel like I could kind of relate to the relate to this one as well, but not as much as sausage nice sausage smoked like on some chips or some crackers or whatever <laughs> with some cheese i get it all right well he doesn't get any of those things he just gets the smoked sausage yeah yeah but i mean maybe I, he has crackers back <laughs> at his lair hey totally i imagine it that way then on the december 24th we get the candle stealer and when he lights your house on fire <laughs> no he follows the little children around and he steals their candles so he can eat them because apparently they were made out of lard back in the day so they were edible and he would eat them so to uphold these traditions you know uh, parents have to run around and like steal candles i'm not sure eat leftovers I mean, it's really <laughs> weird but but the weird thing is they travel with their yule cat what's a yule cat well it's it's a cat a gathered but, that much but it's huge and ferocious all right like a and tiger in ah. this time remember i said that they were like leaving little gifts yeah well if you don't receive a article of clothing to wear on december 24th that means that you've been a little shit and the yule cat is going to come piss on your pillow what a little <laughs> dick no fucking cats he's gonna eat you oh that's much worse <laughs> I would prefer he piss on my pillow. So I can like, get a new pillow. You know, if if your parents forgot to get you an article of clothing, you'd You're just be like freaking out. out on Christmas Eve. Like, I'm going to die. The Yule Cat's going to kill me. <laughs> Talk about dropping the ball as a parent. Like, yeah, that oh, would be shit. awesome. And just crying in the corner. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I would definitely hide the clothes and give them very, very last thing they get. Oh, my gosh. I mean, that would be a really terrifying countdown. I don't think you got any clothes. I think you Oh, what's this over here? It's a pair of socks. (laughs) (laughs) But so I I thought that that whole thing was just kind of obscure and i'd never heard about it so i was pretty excited that i found this yeah no i thought i heard the potatoes thing but i definitely never heard of this whole friggin 13 weirdo guys coming to, coming to eat your bread and steal your, your windows candles and yeah steal your shit well they're all technically stealing your shit yeah just they're to, all a bunch of little thieves just to different degrees of thievery yeah and as long as i don't see the yule cat i'm good i'm feeling good i mean that yeah, i guess yeah well, I do have one more strange Christmas thing to share. Is it Santa Claus? No, I, I could have really covered Santa Claus because the whole idea is really weird. However, I found by far... Well, I mean, Santa Claus, as we know him today, was actually invented by Coca-Cola, if y'all didn't know that. I did know that, but You're probably... not y'all. You're not y'all. I know, but <laughs> I, that blew my mind. Yeah, it, just how he physically looks, the, the Santa that we've grown to know and love is... A Coca-Cola marketing ad. (laughs) There, we covered Santa. Go us. This is my new favorite tradition, and we, I think, have to implement this moving forward in our lives. All right. All right. Are you you ready? I am ready for this. I don't think you are. I want to hear (laughs) this and tell you whether or not we're doing this. It is happening. (laughs) I don't care what you say. I'll tell you whether or not I'm on board. How about that? (laughs) Okay. So this one is from Catalonia. It is still practiced today. Like I said, this has to be my favorite tradition I've ever heard of, and I'm doing it no matter what. In Catalonia, on the 8th of December, 
all of the children. We already missed. Go out, I know. Next year. I'm okay. telling you. It has to happen. So all the children go out and they get a pine tree log. Okay. They paint a happy face on like where you would cut it in a sectional. So um, like a circle. Yeah. Like a circle. Yeah. They put a happy face and they give it a little red hat. All right. They and paint the red hat or they give it an actual They, they make a little hat. physical hat to all put right. on it. And they put like little legs on it. So it's propped up looking at you all like happy like. I'm a happy log. I'm a happy log. And then they put a blanket around it to keep it warm. And they, they put it close to the fire so it can So it stay. lights the house no, on fire. No, 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 no. Not that close. But they, they put it next to the fire. And every day they bring it food and water. And they tuck it in to make sure that it stays nice and warm. And every night when they go to bed, the log eats the food. This is so much cheaper than an elf on the shelf. Oh I gosh. love it. Yeah. I just got to find a pine log. So... <laughs> Oh my gosh, I love this. Now, every day until the 24th, they do this. They take care of this thing. They feed it. They love it. They they, they tuck it in. They, they're so sweet to it. And then on the 24th, what they've been doing this whole time... Fattening it up for the fire. <laughs> ...is they've been feeding it so it can poop them out gifts. <laughs> <laughs> they fill its intestinal tract with all of this food and water. And on the 24th, they wake up all excited and they find a stick, a thin beating stick. Yes. And the children come out and the parents tell them first they must wet the stick. Of course, you always have to wet the stick. <laughs> for proper beating. And... <laughs> At this time, when they... It's the rule of thumb. No thicker than your thumb can you beat this poor little log with. (laughs) Well, while the children wet the stick down, the the parents place gifts and treats underneath where the blanket is that's keeping it warm. (laughs) And the children come out and they sing a song, which it loosely translates to poop log or else i will hit you with a stick don't poop herring because it's too salty poop turns which is like a a a dessert because they are sweeter if at this time they the whole time they're singing this song they're hitting this log they're whipping it with this stick 100 on board we're doing this we actually need to get a few more children to do this with while they're young absolutely and then i would adopt a child for this reason alone sold <laughs> and then when they pull up we will tell him this is santa this is santa everybody else what you have a poop log you don't have a poop log <laughs> if you were good you pull it up and under the blanket it has pooped all of these treats and prizes oh poopy and- log oh poopy log <laughs> You will give me presents yes. or I'll beat you with a stick. Well, no, you'll beat him with a stick to make him poop. Yeah, their song doesn't make sense because they're hitting him while they're telling him they're not they're like yes. threatening and doing. Yes, it is confusing. Poop faster. Poop faster. <laughs> I want my damn presents. Not herring, though. No. Shit's too salty. <laughs> but if they were bad, they would get herring or an onion or garlic or they just get some lumps of coal. All right. So it's very similar. Glad we're keeping you know? the coal traditions yes, alive. Tradition. <laughs> um, and then once here in the states, <laughs> once they've gotten all of their prizes from from our poop log, or you know shit log as it's actually translated. Oh, is it <laughs> shit log? Oh shit log! Oh shit log! 
Oh, won't you give me more presents? Well, once it's done. Or I will beat you with a stick. (laughs) Well, once it's shit out all of the gifts that it's going to shit, the children then throw it in the fire to give warmth to the home. Oh my God, this poor shit log. Completed. It's fucked no matter what it does. Seriously, but I love this. But I would throw that old asshole in the fire if it gave me a herring. (laughs) Fuck herring. It's Some pickled terrible. herring, honey. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> but that that's hands down my new favorite Christmas tradition, and I, I want to implement this. They're so cute. You can buy them from the store pre-faced, or you can make it yourself. I also will be posting pictures of shit logs. Alrighty. But that's all I've got. It wasn't too long today, but it was. I was very excited about poop log so uh, in honor of christmas i too went with a christmas theme as in like everything else in the universe i will have you questioning whether or not christmas actually exists i will not be covering christmas at all i will be digging deeper into the sim theory thanks guys it's been it's been nice yeah no so uh i didn't do the sim theory justice i I was giving you guys like the overall like just idea of the sim theory like i had to start somewhere and I, I i gave you the intro course the intro sim theory 101 class right now i want to explain a little bit more in depth why simulation theory in general not just not my specific sim theory but like just the fact that we potentially are living in a simulation a little bit more validity if you will i'm gonna i'm gonna be a little bit more organized in today's covering of the sim theory i'm gonna break it down into the the philosophical the the scientific and then just briefly touch on the the religion aspect of whether or not everything around us including ourselves is awesome is awesome for sure i listen to that song almost every day before we do our podcast and as on my way to the office and i love that song it is an awesome song it's how my brain works though like all the time just always everything is awesome So I'm going to start by by talking about the philosophical aspect of the sim theory. I'm sure you're all familiar with Elon Musk, the inventor of Tesla. I think I might have heard of that. The Boring Company, (laughs) SpaceX, (laughs) etc. Right. I think we can all agree whether you like Elon Musk or not. He is a genius. He is an extraordinarily intelligent person. If you doubt that, I mean, I, I... I don't even know what to say. Like, he is extraordinarily intelligent. You just broke your own brain. (laughs) I I don't even know where to go with that besides, like, (laughs) the guy's a genius. If you don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) We can't be friends. He's he's extraordinarily intelligent, right? I'm going to start by pointing out the fact that Elon Musk has actually all but said, or he has actually said, uh, as a better way to say, it's almost certain that we are living in a simulation. He's quoted saying, literally... There's a one in a billionth chance we are living in base reality. Base reality, of course, being the original non-simulated version of everything that exists. Does that make sense? So there's a very small chance that we exist in the way that we think that we exist? Well, we definitely don't exist in the way that we think we exist definitively. Essentially, no matter what you think you are, you're not. No matter how you look at it. Unless you were born thinking that you were made up of billions and trillions and quazillions of atoms and all of that jazz. But yeah, so yeah, what you say, like, assuming there is a simulation, it's simulating something, right? So 
there would be one base reality and then an unfathomable amount of simulations of that base reality. There is a professor, Nick Bostrom, that wrote a famous paper breaking down the fact that he is convinced we are definitively, essentially, living in a simulation. There's only three possibilities, but before I get into those, in order for you to understand why he wrote this paper, why he believes what he believes, you have to start with the fact that in 1972, nearly 50 years ago, the original video game was invented. What was that? Atari? Pong. (laughs) So before Atari, there was Pong. Pong. You could play Pong on Atari, but yeah, Pong was the original video game, and it actually was a simulation. It was a table tennis simulation, right? Mm -hmm. A very, very basic simulation. We have gone in just 50 years from the original Pong simulation to the 4K hyper-realistic flight simulators, people simulators, interactive video games with millions of real-world online players submerged in an online immersive experience, right? We have, in just a 50-year span, gone from Pong to... Avatar. Avatar, if you like, yeah. (laughs) Or, you know, if you guys play a video game like PUBG or... Yeah, we'll just use the Sims, like the modern day Sims. I mean, they're not nearly as realistic, visually speaking, from our perspective, as many of the video games you can play on computers and PlayStation and Xbox today. Or your phone. Or your phone. Yeah. I mean, for real, like on your phone, in your pocket. Mm -hmm. And I mean, the technology keeps getting smaller and more advanced and smaller and more advanced and smaller and more advanced and some really intelligent people have tried to use you know mathematical theories as to where technology will be in 10 years and 100 years and 1000 years and stuff but what i always laugh when they when they try to come up with those uh, guesstimates as to where technology will be is something between now and 20 years from now will be invented that at this point we, is not even we couldn't have fathom. fathom like it didn't even exist <laughs> yeah. like i mean just the ability of the four condensed dvd so i don't want to get into all that but the the ability to store information on a hard drive you could find a potential finite limit to how much you could grow that given the approximate size and density and speed it's spinning and all that jazz and then somebody comes along and they're like hey we can create biological storage units that you know fraction of the size million times the computing power so on and so forth so my only point is while i do respect the fact that they come up with these best guesses they're limited based on the information that we have access to that's what they are best guesses right so there's really only three possibilities either there is a ceiling to our capabilities and that would most likely be caused by some sort of catastrophe Something that just wipes out humanity and prevents us from continuing to get better and better and better with simulation computing technology. Possibility two is that future generations will collectively, morally or otherwise, oppose creating simulations. Which, based on what we've all witnessed about humanity up to this point is that we can't agree on anything. (laughs) So the chances of that, uh, it's almost funny to even bring it up, but let's say that's one of the possibilities. Or the third possibility is we will inevitably create simulations that are indistinguishable from reality as we observe it. Now, here's where it gets a little bit crazy and where I need you to just grip grip the handles on your seat if you're driving or just wrap your head around this. 
If the simulations exist, then from a probability standpoint, you are in one right now. And I will explain why. There's a couple of different ways to look at this. All of them equal the same thing. We are in a simulation. The likelihood of humanity, as we know it, being the oldest civilization to exist in the known universe. And I know you're going to point out that we are in, based on this conversation, a simulation. But regardless, if it's a simulation of what our universe actually looks like, then the chances of us being the the oldest civilization is statistically improbable. Presuming a civilization advanced similarly to ours, but had a huge head start of, say, tens of thousands or millions of years, given the advancement in technology over just a 50-year span, imagine where we would be with simulation technology 10,000 years from now. Or a million years from now. I know it's essentially unfathomable because we will invent technologies that we can't even comprehend at this moment. But even given the technologies that we do have access, if they just continue to advance as they are over a million years or 10,000 years, it is undeniable that we will have simulations that are indistinguishable from the world that we currently reside in, right? Whether it's a simulation or not. I'm following, but also not liking. (laughs) So given the potential or given the number of potential Earth-like planets that we do know exist in this world, combined with the number of known galaxies, the number of simulations that probably exist with this, you know, we'll just say ginormous head start, are extraordinarily large. Considering the fact that each advanced civilization could create thousands or even millions of simulations, there would be significantly more simulated universes than there would be actual universes. And this is regardless of whether or not you take into account that there is potentially a multiverse theory out there. And this gets really crazy, but there's actually a larger number than infinite. So yeah, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to spare you the headache tonight and not get into that in depth. But let's say there was an infinite number of universes, but each universe invented a million simulated versions of their own universe, then there would be infinite times one million. That's a larger number than infinite. You also, there's, I I can take you down a whole rabbit trail of explaining that, but just for the sake of this conversation, just understand that there is a larger number than infinite, but this is only one example. So let's say there was just one real universe for the sake of everybody's sanity. Yes, please. One real universe. One Okay. And then there are millions of civilizations within that universe. And if you guys don't know this, there are an almost infinite number of universes, but there are over millions of universes that we have in the known universe and millions and billions of planets within each universe that we know of. And this is just calculable, like what we know exists. The number of planets that exist within those You'd have millions of Earth-like planets that exist because we have an ungodly amount of them in our own universe. And and then there are millions of you. So point being, let's say there was just one million Earth-like civilizations with huge advancements. You know, it came to exist before we did. And each one of them only invented a thousand simulations. You'd already be at a billion simulations. So it'd be one in a billion that we would be in a real universe versus one of the billion simulated universes. Mathematically, statistically, the probability is your likelihood of being in a real universe is unfathomably small. But that's just one way to explain it. There's another way to put this, and that is, let's say just one hyper-advanced society created just one simulation. But then in that simulation, the people that exist within the simulation reach a point within the simulation to where they're able to create a simulation. Oh my lord, here we go. Then you have 
that simulation that will eventually inevitably reach a point where they're capable of creating a, a lifelike simulation and then that one and that one and that one and that one and so on it goes. I like to call this the simulation inception or inception, if you will. Ooh, inception. Once again, mathematically, it's almost incalculable because that could go on an infinite, but you're looking in the ballpark of, you know, one in a billion that you would be in the original real universe it is significantly more likely that you would be in one of the essentially infinite number or infinitely growing number of simulated universes all replicating the original universe, right? Well, I know that I'm the OG Ellie, so... (laughs) (laughs) But it actually gets just a little bit crazier. Oh, good. And just a little bit harder to wrap your head around. (laughs) It's cool, you know. Let's not even consider the infinite number of simulations growing within inside the simulations, which are inside other simulations. Let's say there's just one person, one person who figures out how to make our universe. We'll call it the universe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Clever. Simulation. So one guy somewhere in the future says, I figured it out. I know how to make a simulation. There are 100 million copies of the video game Minecraft sold. If you take one simulation and you make a hundred million copies of it. And hand it out to that many people. You literally have a hundred million versions of the same reality. We could be in any one of those. The chances of us being in the original (laughs) Presuming, of course, there is one, because again, I mean, for all the sake of our sanity, we'll just say that Minecraft is not based on a real world that <laughs> looks I like hope. Minecraft. But no, like, How so. How many exploding pigs have died in that world? Right. But if you existed, let's say there was one real one and then 100 million copies of it, the chances of you're in that one real one is 100 million. You, the more likely that you're in one of the 100 million copies of that, each one, just like all of the others, but being played by different people and, and at a different point in the game somebody might have started it 10 days ago somebody might have started a week ago somebody might have started it a year and a half ago the reality there's a hundred million versions of that simulated world all happening simultaneously and you could be at any point in that world wrap your head around all of that we toss around phrases like indistinguishable from reality i'm laughing the whole time they're saying this because the reality is indistinguishable from reality only matters if you've ever witnessed this so-called reality if you were born or became conscious within the 1990s mario brothers world you were luigi or you were yoshi or whatever like you came into conscious existence within that game i was peach bitch and that is the only thing you've ever witnessed your entire life there is no basis of comparison for reality that two-bit 2d world is your reality and if you were a scientist that was born into mario brothers you would be measuring that world in the same way that scientists of our world are measuring the rules that govern the world we're currently in, the universe we're currently in, they would be like, well, how high is somebody capable of jumping? How fast can I run? (laughs) How many pixels makes up that fireball? You know, like... How many fireballs do I have to throw? Right. Where do fireballs come from? How do I just (laughs) infinitely poop them out after eating a flower? (laughs) Like, we would be trying to figure out all these things, right? So... It doesn't even matter if the simulation is indistinguishable from reality. Our universe could be riddled with flaws and we would just, as I mentioned in the previous episode, explain them away. We would come up with some sort of scientific rule that governs why that thing is happening. Oh, there's a giant floating rainbow in the sky. 
let's figure out how that happens. World, we can replicate it, we can duplicate it, we can say, well, light, just when it hits a prism, it like separates and we can see all the colors that make up light in that prism. But what if that doesn't happen in the real world? What if that's a glitch that happens in the simulated version of the real world? There's no way of knowing. What if rainbows literally don't exist in that universe? so sad. 1.0, the, the original, you know, before it was ever simulated, mirages don't exist, rainbows don't exist. Glowing kelp. Glowing kelp doesn't exist. I mean, hell of I mean, that that's kind of crazy. It is crazy. But the, the point, like, none of these things, we all just, like, whatever happens, a giant floating turd could show up in the middle of a scientific convention and it could be spinning and floating and doing all this crazy and they would just find some sort of way to explain how that happens given the rules that make up our physical universe because we're bound by them. But it doesn't matter where they came from. This could be some snot-nosed teenage kid in his parents' basement that created our universe a million years from now and is running a simulation of 2019 universe. We have no idea. God, I hope he makes us big and awesome so we can go on tour and talk to all of our fans. <laughs> That's assuming we don't have the free will that we perceivably have within the simulation because we very well might. It's not there's not saying we aren't conscious entities within the simulation. All that takes is figuring out what consciousness is and then giving the characters within the game the ability to develop consciousness. But also, by the way, it doesn't mean that we're not actually physically living somewhere else and playing these bodies like an avatar. Like we're still playing like a bit. So look at it one or the other. Like we could be in a submersive. By the way, that's not a word. I just figured this out when I was doing all this research. Submersive. <laughs> we did is, go on about this for like, like five minutes. It is a word. I've used it a million times. It has meaning. You can actually look up companies that have named their companies. Submersive technologies, submersive simulations, all these things. Apparently, it's not a freaking word. You can you can be submersed. You can submerse something, but you, you can't be in a submersive environment. I don't know. It's weird. Bizarre. But we're going to have to add that to Webster's Dictionary because the root words and all these things exist. And, and now we're using it. We Like, I'm it's pretty sure you word. understand what I'm saying when I say a submersive experience. Yet, technically, that's not a word. That's a fun little oddity to add to this uh, madness. Well, for a moment, I thought you were going to go with down the line. What if this is a uh, MMRP? That, for a that second, is... that's where I was like, oh, my gosh, we're right. all, we all have to sleep at night. We all have to sleep, otherwise we go crazy. What if we're just shutting down because the person who's playing us is done? Right. Like, literally, we don't understand. We, like, fully don't understand sleep. And what if the people that are playing us, when they choose not to sleep, which means they don't exit the game, and they have negative repercussions for doing that if they're in the simulation for too long, and we perceive what happens to us with lack of sleep as the repercussions that are actually happening to the physical bodies playing in this simulated world, the version of ourselves. And, and like, there's, it could be either way. And I, I was going to kind of combine... I'm actually going to combine two things. One, the religious aspect and the science and point out that like 35 to 55 percent of humanity, depending on which poll you're looking at, and it's hard to gauge exactly how large this number is, but believes the body has a physical soul or a non-physical soul that is separate from the physical body. Right. So we're like at like 42 percent then. Say whatever. Some <laughs> got that that jump. Some percentage of the population, a large percentage of the population, believes that we have a like metaphysical, like a a a spiritual soul, a conscious entity that we call a soul, however you want to phrase it, that is separate from the human body. That is no different than controlling an avatar in a video game. That is the exact same thing. 
Let's say, hypothetically for the sake of this conversation, it is a physical world, but we have a non-physical soul that resides within the body temporarily and then leaves that body when we get the big game over flashing in the sky, our body dies and our soul lives on. That's the same damn thing. And then uh, Heisenberg believed that when a particle moves a very small distance between two points, uh, point A to B, that it must teleport or jump without covering the distance between. This was a hundred years ago that he came up with this theory, by the way, which is extraordinary. <laughs> Schrodinger believed that particles moved classically from point A to B by smoothly traversing an infinite number of points in between. Which one do you think the science backs up? Neither. No, Heisenberg's. We actually have evidence that points to Heisenberg's theory of a pixelated universe being not just like probable, but almost undeniable. Science has actually proved the existence or all but proved the existence of Planck theory. And Planck theory is the smallest possible scale of reality that you can only break space down into what is known as a plank. And again, I'm trying to like hyper simplify things here. I'm throwing a link in on a video that will give you the breakdown of what a plank is or how they come up with the math of it. If you choose to watch that, it'll be on our, our Facebook page, Spirits, Oddities, and Mysteries. But just for the sake of this conversation, it's essentially a very, very, very tiny pixel. And for an atom to move from point A to point B, it cannot be smoothly traveling from one plank to the next, it literally has to bleep out of existence in one and into existence in the other. So I want you to imagine little Mario running across your screen on your old 1990 TV. Remember you could see those giant pixels? It's actually how Duck Hunt worked it. it would oh yeah, Duck Hunt. Take a snapshot of all the pixels. <laughs> yep. When Mario moves across the screen, let's say he takes up, just for the sake of this conversation, one pixel wide. For it to go from one part of the TV to the next part of the TV, the, the light that makes up that pixel, the, the, that pixel is either on or off. So it's on when he's in this spot, and then it's off and on right next to that spot when he moved. And it continues to do that across your screen very, very quickly. It goes on, off, on, off, on, off, on, off, on, off, on, off, and then eventually you're on the other side of the screen. This is how all monitor-based technology works even to this day. It's just gotten significantly smaller. And it continues, by the way, to get significantly smaller. When it's all said and done, our universe is finite and measurable. This evidence alone is enough to suggest that it is not just capable of being simulated, but that it is most likely simulated, depending on how you look at it. The only remaining question becomes how large of a computer would one need based on today's understanding of computing technology to simulate it? It's not a question of whether or not it can be done. It is only a question of how large of a computer and how fast would it have to be able to calculate to create our universe. And guess what? some people significantly smarter than me have already figured that out. They know exactly how big the computer would have to be and exactly how fast it would have to compute to simulate our entire universe. And how big is that? Well, it's, it's pretty big. <laughs> so based on our current <laughs> technology, it's essentially the size of the black hole that exists and just as dense as the black hole that exists in the center of our universe. I know that might sound unfathomable at this point, but again, that's based on the understanding we have of current computing technology and also, that is calculating every atom and including radiation, <laughs> all radiation. That's another thing to explain. You get pretty complex, but that is calculating all of that. The entire. Now, if you have a civilization, you know, 
that's been around for a million years longer. Creating a black hole size computer is legitimately possible. But that's assuming we don't find some, like if you would have asked people 50 years ago when computers, well, a hundred years ago, I mean, like when, when computers were basically the size of a room for simple computing, if you would have asked them if we would have little phones that we carry around in our pockets that can play advanced simulation games on them, they would have said, no way, we're never going to learn how to do that. You would have asked me that in the 90s and I would have said, no way. Right. Like, well, what's our new game now? Uh, Black Desert Mobile. I would have never fathomed in a million years that I could play that game on my phone. PUBG, Call of Duty, Black Desert. Well, like these are games that, I mean, obviously are significantly more advanced than anything that even existed in the 90s. But like that's on your base computer, not a Game Boy. I mean, if you guys remember the Game Boy versus like Nintendo, just for example, it, the games were so simplified on, on the Game Boy compared to what could be played on a console. Now we're playing games a, hundred, a thousand times more advanced on a cell phone that is also capable of computing like complex algorithms, searching the internet, making phone calls poorly, all of these fantastic <laughs> things. And you know what? I do always have a calculator on me at all times. So take that right. every math teacher. <laughs> Freaking math teachers. You everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Between that and the fact that I also have a dictionary on me. At all times. At yeah. all times. And spell check. Oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> It, the the point here is not that uh, this computer would be you know essentially the size of a black hole. The point is that even by today's standards, even by today's computing technology, we are capable of measuring how to simulate our entire known universe. That is extraordinary, and we are fifty years into computer technology as we know it to where we are today we're just 50 years deep and we've come so far the technology to put all of this in a phone this technology couldn't even be fathomed in the 90s and and now it's just in everybody's pocket you know everybody has a smartphone almost it's it's incredible and and for that to continue to grow and grow and grow we know undeniably like indisputably that we could potentially simulate the world and we're babies is my is my point here we're just babies when it comes to true technology well thank you for blowing my brains right before christmas because they weren't fried at all i got you no problem (laughs) what i wanted to do i I didn't feel like i did justice in the last episode where i just kind of introduced you guys to like the the fantastical world of my sim theory i I didn't do justice in proving to you guys the plausibility that it is not just some crazy theory but that we are legitimately in a simulation so when you combine this episode with the last episode and and i tell you guys to just kind of observe the world through the and and it can be completely hypothetical i don't need you guys like changing your life based on the fact that we could potentially be in a simulation because the fact of the matter is it doesn't matter either way if we're in a simulation we're still bound by the rules physical laws and everything that makes up this simulation we still have to go to work on tuesday to to get a paycheck to pay our bills nothing changes that oh but for the sake of curiosity, for the, the intellectual thought experiment that is the simulation theory, I want you to observe the world through that filter for, for just a short period of time. Start from the axiom that you are in a simulation and pay attention to your surroundings. And then you'll start to notice things like I do all day, every day that validate the fact that hey wait a minute i'm pretty sure my dog just understood what i said oh i'm a hundred percent sure that these dogs speak english 
without a doubt. When you when you see, I, I'm gonna I, if I didn't already, I'm gonna post it in our group. The the deer or whatever it was that was playing soccer and makes the goal and, and then jumps around and celebrates. Like when you see the bird that literally skis down the roof and then <laughs> yes. picks up the little lid, goes back to the top of the roof and skis down it again. When you find those little glitches in this world where you walk up to a bird and pick it up you know you start the question like and then uh, so there was a a video of birds flying through and like this huge group of birds they froze the video at different points and it looked like all the birds made up one giant big bird and then they froze it at another point it looked like they made up a giant cat if i was the developer of a complex simulation like this and i had actual conscious entities playing that game either outside through avatars or inside and found a way to calculate how to create conscious entities i would for sure put little easter eggs in their world I mean, just look at Disney and all of those things. (laughs) So, yeah, I I mean, like, it's fantastically exciting to me to to live this world in this way and that I see everything is a simulation because when it's all said and done and the words of the great Van Wilder don't take life too seriously because nobody makes it out alive anyway. And that's all I have for you guys on my topic today. Did you have anything else you wanted to add? Mm, I think that uh, my brain is fried at the moment. So besides, that's what I was going for. <laughs> besides, uh, you know, the normal stuff like follow us on Instagram. At Spirits Oddities and Mysteries. Tweet at us on Twitter. At Spirits with an S. Oddity. That's and just... email us at any fun listener stories we are putting together a listener stories episode coming up pretty soon oh yeah spirits uh, oddities and mysteries at gmail.com that should be fun we are looking forward to more stories from you guys and uh support us on patreon patreon.com forward slash spirits entities and mysteries i think you guys probably figured out the theme here basically go to anywhere on the internet type in spirits oddities and mysteries and you'll we'll find be us there. brandon and Allie. <laughs> we do have spirits oddities and mysteries.com as well but we haven't put anything on there yet so it's uh, soon to come yeah hey you know what if you happen to be a web developer and you want to make us a free website we will love you forever hello <laughs> email us out. at spirits oddities and mysteries at gmail.com and volunteer <laughs> Otherwise, uh, have a safe and Merry Christmas. Or Happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. Merry Kwanzaa. I think. I don't know how you say Happy Kwanzaa, Merry Kwanzaa, Kwanzaa, whatever you Um, celebrate, whoever you are, we love you and we want to celebrate with you. And if you have have a poop log... And actually, if and you you're have a, a listener, yeah. please put that picture up. I want to see your poop log. If you don't have a poop log, please, next year, start poop log tradition with us. <laughs> poop logs. Hashtag poop log forever. I'm so excited. Once we start making t-shirts, we're definitely making a poop log t-shirt. <laughs> and if you guys are graphic artists and want to develop our poop log thing <laughs> and want to volunteer for that, please uh, email us at spiritsoddiesmysteries at gmail.com and uh, send us your graphics poop logs poop log so yes that'd be fantastic and thank you so much be safe and happy holidays to everyone whatever you're celebrating i hope that you have people to celebrate with and you eat lots of food and get fat with the rest of us in winter i'm dreaming of a white 
I'm sorry I did that to you all. Um, well, it's not going to happen because... <laughs> I want a white Christmas. Oh, it's going to be like 55. I don't want snow. All, I know. Well, we've already had snow. We had snow way too early. I just want snow for Christmas. No. And then I want it to go away forever. I mean, until next year. I'm not going to not gonna lie. I'm pretty happy we don't have to drag the kids in snow gear from house to house to house to house. Especially since I have a uh, rear-wheel drive vehicle that does not like driving on snow. It does not. So I'll, but I want snow I'll anyway. Take, I want snow. <laughs> I'll take nice weather. I'm <laughs> dreaming of a white Christmas. Voice of an angel. Voice of an angel. That's why I married you. I just need that uh, auto-tune thing all these new mm. generation rappers are using and I'll sound like an angel. You already do. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Ow!